Good Morning Nancy is a horror movie podcast, so it may not be for all audiences. In this episode, we discuss physical pain, thoughts of suicide, as well as sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. Good morning, Nancy. My name is Gracie. And I'm Abby. And if you're new to the show, get out of here. (laughs) What are you doing here? Turn back now. (laughs) None for Gretchen Wieners. Bye. (laughs) If you can't already tell, this one's a little bit more loosey-goosey. Yeah, so uh, if you're new to the show... Uh, go, get out of here and go listen to a different episode. <laughs> yeah, you don't belong here. <laughs> well, not yet. Not yet. Because this is our uh, episode celebrating our five-year anniversary doing this podcast. Can you friggin' believe it? Five years. You know, I told my mom. My mom came to visit the other day. And she was like, oh, what's the next? She doesn't listen to the show, but she's really polite <laughs> yeah. to ask me, like, what's your next episode going to be about? Well, I said, it's going to be sort of a relaxed, we're relaxing kind of like not very strict episode. We're not like reviewing a movie or talking about a movie or researching anything. Uh, I said, we're just kind of talking about the five years that we've done Good Morning Nancy. And she looked at me and her mouth dropped to the floor and she was like five years and I said yeah she was like I can't believe it I know I know it sometimes it feels like we just started it like a month ago and then other times I'm like "Mm, maybe maybe this feels like 10 years but then other times I'm like, no, 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 not even in a bad way, but like. <laughs> sure, it's okay. You can be in a bad way. No, it's not. This podcast, we'll get into it later, but this podcast has kept me going. Yeah, so uh, it's definitely been one of those things that I've needed and it has changed so much and we have changed so much. Oh my and God, yeah. It's the I think because it's changed so much, it's grown so much. Uh, it feels like we've only been doing it for maybe not very long because it doesn't feel. It's not the same show that we started no. with. No, no, it's not. Right. So we'll talk more about everything, but um, yeah. So there's just barely a script here. I just right in front of us is just sort of like an outline here, mm-hmm. uh. So we don't you know we don't go too crazy. Um. So Abby came up with calling episodes like this our decaffeinated episodes, which I think is brilliant. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. No, it is. You came up with sugar cubes, and you even might have come up with coffee breaks. <laughs> Remember when we did those? Oh, my God. Um, so I, I think you came up with all the clever names when it came to coffee-themed stuff. So uh, I really appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. You know what? They just kind of... I'll be, like, standing in the kitchen washing baby bottles or, like, in the past have just been, like, zoning out and then been like, huh, imagine if we did that. 
<laughs> Imagine if we actually called it this. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody listening, grab your decaf coffee so you don't get too jittery. You know, it's 5 p.m. right now when Abby and I are recording this. Uh, so it's, you know, time to sit back, relax. Everyone deserves a little peace in their life. And you want maybe a cup of coffee that won't be something that keeps you up all night. Just want to maybe watch like a quiet horror movie with your cup of coffee. I'm trying to think like a quiet horror movie. Probably The Haunting. Is this turning into like an ASMR episode? Oh my your, gosh. Your yeah. voice is like slowly. So, it's time to sit back and relax. And you want to get your cup of coffee. I almost just spit coffee through my nose, actually. I was trying to, like, (laughs) emulate the sound of someone sipping a cup of coffee. I heard you, and I was like, what is she doing? And I almost just choked to death. So don't (laughs) do that. (laughs) All right. Well, let's uh, let's just get started. Um, So I guess we can start with our friendship. Like, we, we say when we do these shows, like, at the top... We say, like, we've been friends since forever, and we love, like, talking about our favorite horror movies together and with you, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, when we say forever, we truly mean that. Um, Since before time was a blip on our radar. (laughs) Right. I mean, our moms were really good friends in high school, Mm -hmm. um, and... They've sort of just always been close. They've always been friends. And so we just sort of grew up together. Mm-hmm. Um, we've mentioned this before in other episodes, of course, but um, just to like kind of get it all like in this one episode, I suppose. Um, uh, we, my parents would have like Christmas parties and they would have like New Year's parties and like just like holiday get togethers and they would invite friends over. And one of the families, family friends that we would invite over was your family, like your mom, your dad, and your two sisters and yourself and, you know, any significant others. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just something we did yearly. Yep. And, uh, of course, I've mentioned before, I was homeschooled. I mean, my sisters were homeschooled uh, and you went to school. So we didn't like go to the same school either, but even then, like, we live in, like, different districts, so, like, you would have gone to a different school anyway. Right. So it was not, like, something where it was, like, we saw each other every day or we did things together all the time. It was sort of, like, one of those unspoken friendships where it was, like, we saw each other enough, but it was also, like, if we ever needed anything, it was, like, we could always call your family. Yeah. Yep. And I feel like your family was the same for ours. Like, if we just, like, ever needed anything or if, if there was ever anything going on, like, ev- or e- just anything. I just feel like it was like, oh, yeah, we can always call the Browns. Like, we could always call this family. So there was, like, this strength, I think. There was, like, this, like, really strong bond between our families. Yeah. So that's how I felt. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so. I mean, and I always kind of, like equate our friendship to more of like um I don't know not like a soulmate thing but definitely mm-hmm. like soul ties like mm-hmm. like it's almost like we have known each other for like lifetimes like no matter yes. what like 
it would always be like you and I having some sort of friendship. Right. And, you know, I, I'll talk about my first memory of you. Um, my first memory of you was when you were a toddler. And I'm a few years older than you. I think like six or something years mm-hmm. older than you. So I was a little bit older. Um, but I remember like going to your mom's new house. I don't, it's not the house she's in now, obviously. It was, it's, it must have been maybe the one before that. I'm not sure. Oh, the big white one. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And we went to the house to see it. And and it must have been during the day on a weekday because your sisters were in school. And because, again, we were homeschooled, we could just leave whenever we wanted. So my mom brought us to your house and it was just your mom and you. And you were so little. I can't remember. You must have been maybe two or three. Maybe oh my even God. a little I know. And and I remember you like waddled up to my mom and gave her this huge hug. Oh. <laughs> and I remember thinking, wow, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that is like my first memory of you. Oh my gosh. So I know. I was just thinking of that the other day. I was like, because I was like, I wonder what my first memory of Abby is. And I don't remember when you were born. I don't remember any of that, but I remember, I remember that. I was like, I think that's as far back as I remember her. So. I think my first memory was when, oh man, you had just gotten the new, the Newfoundlands. Oh yeah. And I remember you had like really, really long hair. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and like us going over and like my sisters and I hanging out and like playing with the dogs mm-hmm. and spending time with you and your sisters. And I think at that point, um, I was closer to India, your youngest sister, because yes. we we're closer in age. Correct. Yeah. So everyone listening, Abby and I come from families of sisters. Like I'm the oldest of three and she's the youngest of three. So you are only just a year older than my youngest sister. Mm -hmm. And then I am the same age as your middle sister. And then your older sister's few years older than me. So me and my other sister, the my middle the middle sister and my we're about the same. We're around we're in between like uh, your age and your uh, your middle sister's age. Right, yeah. So we're not all, like, the same age, really, at all. No. Which is kind of interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're all off a little bit yeah. in age. Um, but we we all, like, I, th- I feel like we all really got along. Like, I, yeah, I was definitely closer to your middle sister mm-hmm. because we were closer in age, your middle sister and your older sister. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, as time went on, um, you uh, started dating one of my cousins. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I feel like I saw you more often. Yes. Because you were at family gatherings that I would always go to, like family reunions, like family weddings and family birthdays. Um, My cousin lived in the area at the time. So like he would come over and play games with my husband and then you and I would just chit chat and play with the dog that I had at the time. Um, So I feel like you and I saw each other a lot more during those few years that you were dating him. Yes, definitely. 
And I feel like that was like a a huge like bonding thing at that time too. Like we were, because you were dating him, like it was just like, oh, like Abby, who is one of my friends, is dating one of my family members. So like it was just like you were a part of the family at that time because you guys had dated for so long. Um, And then you guys ended up breaking up. But a year after that was when I like started the show yes so I think as crazy as all that was I think it was like kind of wonderful that you and I could like really connect during that time Mm -hmm. because I think that just sort of built what we already had yes because like you said there was like this very I love what you said because I do feel like that is perfect like there was this soul connection between our families Mm -hmm. and the soul connection between us girls and us sisters um and I think that we've always had that but then by getting to know each other a little bit more like on a a basic level really yeah it was like on a basic friend level it was like I feel like it was like easier to like just say hey let's go hang out because it was like we didn't just see each other once in a while during these events that we would host or like you know have you come over for like a birthday or something it was like a little bit more it was like oh let's actually like go do something together you know Mm -hmm. so the early days of the show uh I the idea for the podcast Basically was born out of necessity. (laughs) Yeah. And I was working a very, (laughs) a very, I want to say a very boring office job. There were some things about it that were really interesting. Um, I worked with international students. um, So I met people from all over the world and I got to help um, with, with their like you know, stuff that they did for school and stuff and, like, living in America and stuff. That stuff was really fun. Mm -hmm. At its core, though, it was an office job. Yeah. And I was feeling, like, super stuck. Um, I had, I had been married for a year at that point. Um, so, like, the whole, like, the novelty of, like, that big event had, like, worn off, you know, (laughs) where it was, like, you know, I'd gotten married. It was huge. It was this wonderful thing. And then, like, I was like, okay, now what? And I wasn't ready to have kids yet. So I was like, okay, what's the next step? <laughs> yeah. And I, like, looked into grad school. Like, I even took, like, classes and stuff to, like, kind of figure out what I wanted to do for grad school. Um, I was looking at other jobs. And I was, like, trying to figure out, like, what would be the best thing to do. Like, And I, then I thought, maybe I just need a hobby. <laughs> you know, I picked up like needlepoint and I'm like, and I tried to knit. It was awful. I am not, I don't do that stuff, everyone. I don't knit. I don't do needlepoint. I am not creative enough. It's, I'm not patient enough. It's not in my bones. I can't do it. So <laughs> I've learned this. But I tried to like kind of find like something to do to like keep me like from feeling like I was falling to like the office black hole. Yeah. And, um, I had just started listening to My Favorite Murder and last podcast on the left, which I had discovered through My Favorite Murder, and uh, Serial, which was the first podcast I ever listened to 
along with like 98% of the American population. That (laughs) was like the first, like, those were like the first three like core podcasts that I listened to. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, uh, incorrectly (laughs) that there were no podcasts about people talking about horror movies and it's because I just didn't know how to find them I guess I could have googled it but I was just like it's just not on my radar so like I thought nobody's talking about horror movies and feminism I want to do that and honestly (laughs) I'm kind of glad that I didn't know about faculty of horror at the time uh, which is the probably like the pinnacle of a uh, feminist horror uh, podcast. It's mm-hmm. pro- it's the best. It's top tier. Um, and <laughs> top they had, tier. <laughs> it is. They've been doing it for, they had been doing it, I think, for like two or three years at the time that we started our show, I think. Wow. Um, so they had been doing it for a while. I'm pretty sure for at least, at least two years. And I didn't know about them. And I'm kind of glad I didn't know about them until later because I, um, I probably would have said, oh, someone else is already doing that. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, so I'm really glad I didn't know about them because our show is different. I actually try to only listen to their show if it's they're talking about a movie that I really, really love. Mm-hmm. Um, because the last thing I want to do is is emulate that show in any way. Like I try not to copy that show because it is top tier. So um I but at the time when I started the show I really didn't have any idea about faculty of horror um and I I remember I found them and I text you and I was like did you know about this podcast and you were like (laughs) no and so you know it was kind of like a moment but um they are really good so everyone should listen to faculty of horror I know it is (laughs) an excellent show for real for real it's a good show um so anyway, so yeah, I, I really did start the show because I thought nobody's talking about horror movies and feminism, and I want to talk about that. And my husband, Luke, was super supportive. We already had all the gear because he is was in, uh, at the time, uh, radio and television. Mm-hmm. So he had these mics, and he had, like, all the software and stuff, and so he was like, let's, you know, you can do this. And I was like, cool. And then I was like, all right. <laughs> Who do I want to be my host? Because I thought, I guess I could do this by myself, but that's boring. <laughs> and Luke was like, I don't really want to do it. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, at least you're honest. Thanks. Um, so I started kind of asking a few friends. I asked some of my really best friends first, uh, some friends I had in college. And finally, I asked you. And I thought, you know, because uh, the whole thing was like I wanted to do like a different host each week mm-hmm. and i'm so fucking glad i didn't do oh that. my god for like trying to coordinate with other shows and other people i'm so 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 glad that <laughs> for you that that not that it didn't happen like i'm sure it would have been great but it's like guys it's uh, so much work it's a lot of work it's a lot of work because the majority of people who have podcasts have day jobs, which, you know, is understandable. Right. And then if they don't have a day job like me, they're a mom. So technically, I do have a day job. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so my schedule re- revolves around my son um, and his father. So, you know, there's that. But it's just like, 
it it was well, I think you know I probably would have worked for like a year or two and mm-hmm. then after a while I probably would have stopped the show I probably would have like okay this is too much and I probably just would have ended it yeah um so I'm glad that didn't happen <laughs> um because I I remember I messaged you on Facebook yes and I was like do you want to do this show do you remember when I asked you yeah I was um sitting at home on the couch with um my ex-boyfriend and I was like oh my god Gracie just asked me if I want to do this podcast and he was like oh that's awesome like super supportive of it and then I was like what's a podcast (laughs) (laughs) I had never listened to any podcasts before I think (gasps) no no no. I don't think I knew that you hadn't listened to any before I asked you okay so uh, okay, let me correct myself, and I'm ashamed to say this, but I listened to probably an episode of Joe Rogan. Oh my god! <laughs> and Tim Ferriss. <laughs> what? <laughs> because those were like the top podcasts on yes on and iTunes it, and like Apple Podcasts. So I was yes. like, just to give it a shot, because I had all of these people who were on Facebook talking about like blah 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 podcast episode it's improving my life so much you should listen to it so I did and I was like these are just white men (laughs) these are just white people white men talking about white men stuff white men talking about being influencers and like (laughs) that you should wake up at 5 a.m every morning and chug a glass of egg yolks and then get (laughs) On the treadmill. And then after that, lift weights for six hours. And then after that, use some CBD oil. And then take a freezing cold shower. And it was all, like, stuff like that. So I was like, I feel like I don't really, um, this isn't really speaking to me right now. (laughs) So then you were like, oh, here, listen to these. Talk about Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. You were like, here, here's the last podcast on the left. And I was like, what in the actual fuck? I love it. Because <laughs> it is still like guys talking. A right. lot of people, I feel like, mis- mislabel last podcast on the left as frat boys. Oh They're my not God. frat they boys. Say so- I They're- mean, I could... I can see that with, like, some of the stuff that Henry talks about, but at the same time, it's very, like... But also, Henry is into aliens and and weird, like, Bigfoot porn stuff, so it's just like... Yeah! I don't feel like that's dude bro stuff. No. Personally. No, I don't either. So they're more, like, nerdy beer guys. Like, that's more, I feel like, what it is. Yes. Yes, for sure. And then (laughs) I listened to My Favorite Murder, and... Mm -hmm. Really, really, really liked it, um, and then kind of fell away from my favorite murder just because of some stuff that was going on with their podcast that wasn't I didn't really vibe with too much. Yeah, that's kind of what happened with me too. I don't really listen. I don't listen. I haven't listened to them in maybe half a year at this point. Yeah, so, yeah. But it was so funny because like I went from not really knowing about podcasting or podcasts in general to being like, oh my god, did you hear about what happened to the guy from Sword and Scale and how much of a piece of shit he is? <laughs> yes. 
podcast drama yes yes <laughs> yeah we were like really like engrossed in the culture at that point I think we I think even though I had listened to those three those are like my three podcasts that I listened to mm-hmm. um I I wasn't really engrossed in the culture of podcasting until we started the show like that's yeah. when we started like meeting people and all that stuff and that's when we started listening to more podcasts yeah but yeah that's so funny like all of a sudden we were like texting each other i remember when that happened where what's his face i I don't don't even even remember i know i don't even care he doesn't deserve it but i know i don't even care what his name was but he yeah he was an idiot so that was great um (laughs) so yeah so i had asked you to be on the show and uh, I remember, I, I don't think I had a name. I might have had like a starting name. Do you remember any of the names that I had picked? If not, that's okay, because I remember some. I don't, I don't remember. I, I wanna... remember talking, I remember texting you, like, while because I, we did this whole thing while I was at work. Like, I yeah. remember texting you while I worked. Yep. And I was like, <laughs> what about this name? What about that name? And um, I remember there was like ghoul friends. And we were like, no. <laughs> I think and then I, I thought, one of mine yeah, was uh, Night of the Living Femmes. Yes, that's right. I knew there was another one. But now yes. I'm really, really glad that we didn't go with that one just because, uh, I don't know. I feel like it wouldn't have meshed very well with, with what we have going on now and like trying to be... right. As inclusive as possible and that kind of thing. So Yeah, I remember that. That's right. I was like, I knew there was another one I couldn't remember. A lot of people use Night of the Living or Nightmare On yeah. when they make their podcasts now too, which is fine. It's not like, you know, anyone owns those words, you know, whatever. But right. um, it helps us, I guess, not get so lost in the shuffle mm-hmm. because our name is so different yes it's very (laughs) Um, unique it is it's different um and maybe to a fault but also I think to its benefit um and I'll talk a little bit about that in a second but um yeah so ghoul friends night night of the living femmes um I remember I wanted good morning but m-o-u-r right I n uh n-i-n-g um but I there was also there's already like a Facebook page with that name and I was like and they had a, a, a fair amount of followers and I was like mm. you know what I don't want to worry about this and so I was like okay well let's maybe add a final girl's name to that good morning what good morning Carrie I remember was one and then finally I thought okay wait a minute let's think about this <laughs> if, I, if I'm gonna do this um, it has to like make some sort of sense so we landed on Good Morning Nancy, and Nancy being the uh, final girl in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like at the end of that movie, she wakes up and she says it's so bright. And she she pretty much wakes up from the nightmare, not realizing that she's still kind of in it by the end of the film. And I thought, well, that's kind of fun. Like, Good Morning Nancy, like she wakes up from the nightmare to fight again, basically. Um, and then morning because, you know, it's just like a fun play on the word. So I, we went with that. It's based on Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street, if you didn't know. <laughs> Not Nancy from The Craft, sorry. It's Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and, you know, I 
I'm actually not a huge fan of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, you but know, I, I'm not either. <laughs> no, it's a little bit bizarre. It's a little bit out of my out of my you know tastes, I guess. But I do really love the first one. I think yes. the first one's a solid movie. Same. Um, you know, just like what? What's her face from Scream? Casey says, mm-hmm. you know, I love the first one, but the other sucked. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, that's how I feel too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we ended up uh having some friends of your boyfriend, your ex boyfriend, uh, now, but your boyfriend at the time. We had some of his friends design the logo, um, which was really great. I kind of did my own weird sketch of what I was looking for. And then they were like, "Mm, no. And then they made it better. And I was like, okay, good. (laughs) Um, So that was really nice of them. Um, And then my friend Danny, um, who has her own blog now, which is thriving. um, She does uh, Wanderlust on a budget. She actually... So good. Yeah, she actually created our website for us. She did the first version of our website um, because she worked with me at that office job. And so back to back, like her and I sat back to back in the office and she, I'm sorry if I'm like giving away that she also worked while we were on the job, but or she also worked on my podcast when we were on the job, but she, she worked on my website while we were at work <laughs> and I would like do, I was doing whatever I could for the, for the podcast and so she was like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that for your website? And I was like, awesome, awesome, whatever. So she did that. Um, yeah, and everything basically happened at my desk job. <laughs> yep. So not right. It's not good to do that. But I was, I, obviously, I was very done. You know what, though? There. If you're working at a corporate job and you can get away with it, <laughs> I say do it. <laughs> More power to you. Well, and you know, we didn't have a blueprint for what to do. Like we were like, we were sort of just like, well, how do you start a business? And that's just maybe that's like how we treated it at first. We were like, how do we start a business? Mm -hmm. Let's just start this however we would start a business, like website, like logo. And like, we just went off from there. And then, um, and then we, uh, what did we do? We just like, you came to my apartment and we put comforters, like Luke and I bought Walmart comforters and we put them all around, like on, we hung them from our ceiling in my apartment and we used them as sort of like a sound barrier yep. and we sat at my kitchen table, but my kitchen table was tin. So we had to put a blanket <laughs> over my tin table so that yep. we didn't like bang it and like make like a noise. Um, and then we'd like set up our computers. You didn't have a laptop at the time. I so know. I remember you had to print out, you had to print out the script. Yep. And so you sat at the table with the script and I sat with my laptop, which is the same laptop five years ago that I still have. Um, oh hanging God. there, baby. Going strong. <laughs> I know. Um, and we, yeah, we sat there and we recorded I think we recorded like the first five or so episodes and we did that within like a month or so and then we released them every week or so at the time every other week at the time we were recording two episodes a night when we would record right like back to back one you're right that I was like I can't believe we did that in a month but we did we like recorded a ton of episodes that's right I forgot that I'm glad that you remembered that oh my god we would record multiple episodes a day which I can't imagine doing now oh my god <laughs> ah, I would die 
Are you kidding me? I would die. Oh my god, I would die too. My Awful. vocal cords would disintegrate into a crisp and I would just <laughs> the vocal fry would be real. But you know what? I remember you bringing coffee. You'd always text me and be like, "I'm almost to your place. Would you like some coffee?" <laughs> so we legitimately did drink coffee at least for that first season. Yeah. Every time we did a show, did an episode. And um now I I mean I just I was just drinking something else, and then I had decaffeinated coffee earlier, and so I'm just yep. like, because it's, you know, like I said, it was 5 p.m. when we started this. Um, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> well, if it's the end of the semester, then I started, you I've started drinking coffee at like 7 p.m. because I'm like, <laughs> all right, Aww. baby's in bed. Let's let's get these papers written. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> that's right. Well, and that's the thing. Like, we were so free at that time. Like, oh my god. Seriously. Y- yeah, we had nothing. Did you work at recess or did you just start your other job? So Do you remember? When we started the podcast, I was working at a restaurant in Syracuse called Phoebe's. Um Oh my god, I forgot to mention that. Can I just mention that real quick? Yeah, yeah. Because that was the other thing that really got us talking a lot was that I would come visit you when mm-hmm. you worked at Phoebe's. Yeah. Um, because you didn't live or you didn't work that far away from where I worked. Yeah. Like you, that you office were, like, job. Right up the street. Yes. It was like a five minute walk at most. Yeah. And I remember like seeing if you were working. I'd go in to see if you were working. And if you weren't working, I wouldn't get coffee. <laughs> funny a lot of people said that actually (laughs) especially after i left that job (laughs) i legit would go and be like is abby working today and they were like no do you want coffee and i was like no and i would leave (laughs) (laughs) oh my god look at me bringing in the customer base but yes but yeah i was um i was the head hostess and barista at that restaurant and um like it was a fun job but it was work anyone who has worked in the food industry knows exactly what i'm talking about like it was grueling like get there at 6 30 in the morning and like do everything and like basically open up the front end of the restaurant and Gracie would come down sometimes to see me, and that would be, like, the highlight of my very, very strenuous, busy day. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was like, oh, my God, I <laughs> I don't know if I can do this for the rest of my life. And it turns <laughs> out I was right. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot do it. Um, A lot of people can, and I say good on you, but I was like, Oh, man, I'm meant to just um, be uh, an eternal student and podcaster, I think. So (laughs) (laughs) I remember you talking in even in those early days, like how you wanted to go back to school for psychology and like you had thought about doing like culinary school and you thought about doing all this stuff, but it always went back to psychology. Yeah, always. My my first love, really, like my first... um, psychology was like where I realized I wanted a career and I would do anything to make it happen and I think like I don't think I know that this podcast 
pushed me back in that direction and like put me back on that road because so much of the stuff that we talk about is tied in with sociology and psychology and um how those two subjects really are intertwined in horror and we can't we literally cannot have horror without those two things like without talking about them so um yeah that those those early days though man working like restaurant and barista jobs that was tough that was really tough and I remember just thinking the entire time like oh my god I want to just quit all these jobs and just work on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and well, and that's what I ended up doing. I ended up quitting my job at uh, like maybe a year or so, maybe not even. I can't remember. I just remember quitting my job at one point. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, I'm done. And I was really lucky to have a partner at the time who was like, I fully support this. Like, you can absolutely quit your job. Like, it's okay. I got us. Like, work on your show. Mm-hmm. And it was really great. I was able to do that. And so uh, a lot of time and energy went into the show at that time. Um, I feel like a different sort of energy goes into it now. Um, But uh, I was full force. Like, that is what I did. Like, I worked on the podcast for, like, like those, like, two solid years was, like, that was what I did. Yeah. Nothing else. So that was um, that was really nice. You had you had left the barista job and you had gotten a different job that was more like like heavy lifting, literally type jobs. Yeah, I was. Um, well, I had left the restaurant and worked a bunch of barista jobs in between. Try like started my own business. Yes, cl- that's right. closed the business because. Um, for anyone who lives in New York State and owns a business, God bless you because it is really, really hard to run a business in New York State. Yeah, New York does not make it easy to have a business. It really sucks. It does suck. So after I was done with that, um, I got a job as a machine operator. And yeah. um, it was... It was basically like factory work, and it was extremely difficult, and I uh, had to deal with a lot of uh, sexism and sexual harassment, mm-hmm. um, tr- like trigger warning for anyone who's had to deal with that, um, but I uh, was threatened several times. Um, a male that, a very much older male that I worked with, uh, threatened to slash my tires. Um, and like various other stuff happened, like comments were made to me all the time. And I was like, this fucking sucks. Like it is intensely laborious work. And I think the reason that I was hired for that position was because I was in really good physical shape at the time. Um, and it was a lot of like running up and down a ladder and like making sure all the components of the machine were working and that like stuff wasn't getting jammed in the machine. And like, it was dangerous work, no doubt. And the, the place itself, um, didn't have proper ventilation. So I was working, Um, in an environment that would reach like 101 regularly 
all day long, like in the middle of blazing hot summer. Um, so it was a really, really, really hard job and it was supposed to be a union job. Um, and for anyone who might not be familiar with how those kinds of jobs work, what happens is you get hired and then you're on a six-month probation. So they can basically schedule you for any time that they want, um, any weekend that they wanted. Um, I was, they call it mandating you. So you are mandated uh, to work like a certain amount of overtime. And um, I remember there was... I don't know if it happened more than a couple times, but Gracie and I were supposed to record like on the weekends and I would end up getting mandated to stay at this job. And um, finally, I was just like, oh, my God, fuck this. Like, I do not want this. And um, so I ended up not sticking with that job and going back to being a barista because I missed it so much. I was like. I don't even care about the pay cut. Like, I just want to be happy again. Like, those were the some of the most miserable months of my life at that job. Yeah, I remember you had definitely changed. And um, I'm not sure which season that was in. That might have been our second season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember there was a shift. And it was early on where it was you were not you weren't doing good. And you were you got sick. I think that was when you had endo. And I didn't, didn't know it. <laughs> but you didn't know you had endo. Yeah. I think that was when it started because I remember you saying, my cramps are so bad. Like, I feel like I'm going to die. And then you got like super sick and your immune system was all wacky. And you were like, what is going on with me? And I oh remember God, too yeah. thinking like, I don't know. Like, are you okay? <laughs> like, it was like, it was really scary. You got really, really sick. And yeah. it was, it was really, I just remember being really scared for you. Um, yeah. I mean, you didn't find out for years. After, I mean, after that. Almost eight years. It took almost eight years to get a diagnosis for that. So that, yeah. that was crazy. But also, do you yeah. remember we were doing the photo? We, Gracie and I um, would do our photo shoots at a cemetery in Syracuse. It's like this really big, beautiful old cemetery yeah oakwood cemetery if you're in syracuse go check it out it's a gorgeous cemetery it's super underrated it is it's incredible but we had gone there to do a photo shoot like a like a promo photo shoot for the podcast and i got so sick like the minute we pulled in and started shooting and i was like i gotta go and I, like, spent the rest of the evening, like, throwing up in incredible pain just because I was so, so sick. And I was like, what the heck is going on? So for anyone out there who um, is really, like, struggling with health and whose work is affecting their health, my thoughts are with you. And, like, f- we fully, fully support on the show, like, that reproductive disorders need to be like a disability or something along those lines because that shit affects your life so much oh my god yeah it was so hard that was kind of a tangent but anyway (laughs) no yeah I mean that was like a huge part because I remember like you would be too sick to record yeah and we'd have to reschedule and it was tough it was tough at the time and I I remember feeling like 
bad for you because I was like, what is wrong with Abby? Like, she's so sick. And I was also like, oh, my God, like, is the show going to make it? Yeah, I know. I I did. I did feel that a few times, like throughout these five years. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it Seriously, for real. And I was like, am I like. Am I going to be able to, like, keep doing normal things like this? Because I feel like I'm not. Like, and it sucked because we put so, especially you, like, more so you than me because I always had other stuff going on. But, like, so much work went into this show. It was, like, our baby. And my health was, like, seriously ruining everything that we had worked for. And I was, like... This is fucking bullshit. <laughs> it was it was really sad. It was really hard for me to see you so sick. It because you were such a good friend and you you know, you were such Aww. a good friend. It was really hard for me to see that. And I remember I saw my therapist and I was talking to my therapist about the show and about you and about how um it it kind of seemed like things were maybe not going to work out. And she said, "Well, she was like, me, just call it quits then. And as soon as she said that, I stared deep into her eyes. And I said, absolutely not. And I don't think I told you this. No. I, she was just like, well, you should just, she goes, you know, so everything comes to an end. Like, you should just, maybe this is, maybe this is the time to stop the show. And I said, no, it's not. I said, it's not. And then I went on this whole thing about how important the show was to both of us and how the last thing I was going to do was just end the show because Abby's health was deteriorating. I was like, I'm not going to do that. I was like, she's she has to tell me if she wants me to do that. If she doesn't want to be on the show, I'm not going to force her. But I was just like, there was a part of me that thought maybe this is what's keeping everything together. Yeah. Like, maybe this is what's giving us something to look forward to. Yeah, 100%. Because of that. Yeah, so I did. I told my therapist, no, I don't agree with this. I don't think that's a good idea. Um, I was I was not ready to let go. And yeah. But the thing was, wasn't even that. It was that I was not ready to let go of you. Oh. I was like, I'm not letting go of Abby. I was like, she is going through some some shit. And it's, and it's obviously, like, super painful. And it's really scary. And I was like, the last thing I'm going to do is take this away from her and be like, you know what? You're too sick to help me. Like, goodbye. You know, and that's what she, my therapist, was basically telling me to do. She's like, it's ruining your mental health to see your friend so sick and to depend on her. And I was like, fuck you. I was like, no. I was like, this is what we need to do. Like, we need to stick together and we need to just do this show. And yes, maybe like episodes won't come out on time or maybe like something isn't gonna go right or maybe we're gonna have to switch how we do things I was like but we're gonna keep doing this show as long as we both want to do it and so I was just like this is not the end like I was like so this was around like the three or four year mark Mm -hmm. and I was like this is not the end I refuse to let this be the end of good morning Nancy so And it was like, because the thing is, is that as much as I love the guests that we had on our show and as much as I love like the friends that I've made on the way, I was like, it's a different show without you. It It is not Good Morning Nancy without Abby. And so like, I wasn't going to take that away. I was like, I'm not doing this. Aww. So 
Honestly, I wish that, like, more people would take a page out of your book because I'm not going to lie, like, going through all of the stuff that I did with Endo, like, it was excruciating mentally, physically, emotionally. Like, it was so much, but I would, like, get myself up and like prop myself up in bed with like a cup of tea and do research for the show and it would help take my mind off of like how fucked everything was and how like because the thing about it is and this might seem like um really not like extra to say this but like I think so many young people like us have these things in our lives because we lived, we live in a world that doesn't provide healthcare. There's almost no job security. There is no guarantee of benefits for us in the future, but like we have these things that make it okay for right now that give us something to look forward to and like get us out of bed and motivate us to spread information that needs to be shared with the world about people who are different than we are and people who are out there struggling just as much as we are. Like, I feel like if I didn't have something like this, I would have completely shut down. I would have just laid in bed all day sad about my fucking broke-ass body that I had and Another thing, too, that's really important to highlight is that I think it's so easy for people like your therapist to say, well, like, then just let it go. Just let it, like, fall by the wayside and, like, or, like, replace Abby on the show, whatever. That is extremely ableist. That is ableist talk. And... Right. Especially people who are in like, my community who have invisible illnesses, it's like, uh, well, it's not like you're missing a leg or, like, it's not like you don't have an arm or fingers. Like, you can get around. You can still do these things. No. (laughs) No, I can't. And I think that more people need to be aware that, like, we have something to contribute. Like, we have a a small show in the grand scheme of things, but it is such a big deal to the people that we reach and the people who listen to us. And we are contributing something, even if it is small. And that is so empowering for people who have gone through what I've gone through with physical illness and what you've gone through with mental illness and what we've gone through as moms and stuff like that. It just, this show is so important on so many levels. Like, you can't just not do it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, there were days, there were some real dark days for me. Um, I, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but one of the reasons why I thought maybe I should get a hobby, right, out of this job you know, something that was different from this job Mm -hmm. um, that I had was that I was suicidal. Mm -hmm. And I told my husband, I told Luke, I said, I want to jump off of this building. 
I just straight up told him. I said, I want to climb up onto the top of this apartment building and jump. And he was like, oh, fuck. Okay. Well, uh, and it was just like this really like scary. um, It was this really scary like realization. And it was something that I didn't know that I was feeling until I said it out loud. Yeah. And then it became real. And then I got help and I was on medication for a while and it was good. And I I want to say that I'm not like that anymore. I'm okay. And I haven't been that way in a few years. Um, but it was the there was something going on where I I was stuck and I was scared and I was sad and it was like and it was like a sadness that was like I thought would never go away. So um that was a lot. <laughs> like you said, like it was just like you know, what can we do? What can we do to make us feel like we have a purpose? And that's not work. That's not motherhood. That's not being a wife, you know, or whatever. What else can we do that makes us feel like we are contributing, like you said, like in even just a small way to the world? And at the same time, also giving us something to think about that's not this shit reality show that we live on which is called life. Um, So yeah, I guess it's pretty clear that this show changed our lives. (laughs) Yes. Yes. For the better. Uh, And I'm really glad that we stuck it out because it, it wasn't ready to die. It's not ready to die. And obviously someday we'll both be ready to move on from it. Nothing lasts forever. That's just life. You know, I think when things start to become stale is when it's a good idea to move on. But I think this show has done the opposite. I think that it's cha- it's changed, like we said. Like, it was started out was just us just talking about movies with, like, no real knowledge about anything. <laughs> Not <yet>. at all. <laughs> and... We, uh, and we kept, and we kept going and we changed and we got more interested in doing research and we, I think our brains changed because we were thinking critically and thinking differently about things and that became more interesting to us than just having a talk show podcast, you know, like we want, like what we're doing now, I guess, but it was (laughs) something that we... Uh, we wanted to explore different ways on how to do the show and and it changed and it grew and we got better. And I think I think we're at a good place right now. I do, too. I think that it's aged like a fine Parmesan cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but no, for real, it um, like really... I encourage everyone who wants to try something like this to just, if you can, and if you, um, you know, have the availability to learn how to do something like this, by all means, do it. Because it's, uh, it's life-changing to just, like, dive headfirst into something that you really don't know a whole lot about. And it sounds very, very cliche, and maybe I've reached top-tier podcasting and self-help and motivation. 
Maybe you just have to wake up at 5 a.m. and drink a cup of egg yolks and then go for a five-mile run. And then you'll know how to podcast. (laughs) But no, for real, like, I have had so many people reach out to me and be like, how did you start your podcast? And then I always, like point them in the direction of that how to start a podcast episode that we recorded forever ago because like when Gracie and I say we had no idea what we were doing we had no idea like we didn't even know how to plug our microphones into the interface and like get it to work and turn on oh my god we had to watch YouTube videos yeah I remember sitting in your in your house watching YouTube videos on how to make our stuff work. (laughs) And even now, even now, I feel really weird saying this, but it's like, if someone were to ask me, blah, 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 about sound, I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I know. I know. Yeah, I only know the very, very basics of everything. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. It's seriously like... Yeah, I watch a lot of YouTube videos. If something's going wrong with, we use uh, Adobe um, to edit and uh, uh, Adobe Audition. And I can't even tell you how many times I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this audio? What's going on? How do I fix it? I've watched so many Adobe Audition YouTube videos on how to fix sound or how to do stuff with sound and how to figure things out. And um, for the most part, I think I've done an okay job being someone who's taught themselves, basically. Yeah, Um, absolutely. But I, well, and this is the thing, like Luke was like, Luke edited like the first two or three episodes for us and he wasn't editing them the way I wanted them to sound. (laughs) And he's like, he goes, I don't know what to tell you. He's like, I have a job and I go to school. Like, you have to figure this out on your own. And I was like, no, do it for me. <laughs> but I did. I said, okay. And it it sucked because I had no clue what I was doing. But I did learn how to edit all of that on my own. Which is incredible. And I feel like I'm in a good place <laughs> right now. Yeah, absolutely. Where I can be like, nope, this audio is absolute dog shit. We are not using it. We have yeah. to re-record. And that happened with our Gretel and Hansel episode, where it was so bad that I was like, I can't fix this. This is done. This yeah. is dead. Yeah. This is stillborn. It needs to go. <laughs> like, yeah. So. That one was, that one was rough. I, that I was have rough, to yeah. say, like, I was like, I can't believe that I allowed myself to record this with this kind of sound, but <laughs> it happened. Um, and that's well, and the thing, I, too. Like, people are like, what do you mean you don't know how to do it? Your show sounds great. We're <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, that's because it's Gracie. <laughs> Like, Gracie, Gracie is the master of editing, so I don't know. Figure it out, bud. (laughs) You know, and my my ear has changed. Like, I can hear when audio is not good. Like, last podcast on the left, sometimes they'll be like, oh, our audio is shit because we're in our hotel room. And I'm like, yeah, it is. (laughs) But it's like, but nobody else would ever notice that. Yeah. Never. Because they're not used to hearing what you're supposed to hear while you edit. Right. Right. And I can hear certain things now 
that I didn't hear before. So it's, it's like skills have changed, which is kind of interesting too. It's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> it's my superpower. Yeah. Uh, It's my spidey sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's one of those things where it's like, obviously I think anything can be improved. Like we could get better mics someday. We could get better, better interfaces. Like we could like get a lot of better things, but it's like, this is what we got. And so this is what we're working with. And this is the sound that we get for now. And I think we do pretty good. I think, yeah, I think for the most part, we do sound pretty good. So, um, I guess I'll just say that, yeah, going back to like, oh my gosh, we're still on the early days. Holy cats. It's more like, um, I okay, so I guess like a lot happened, like I think within like those early years. Like we like were asked to join a pod net, podcast network, which shall remain na- nameless. Um, <laughs> and yeah. it's a very popular a horror podcast network and we were very honored to be asked to join it but we just felt like with how with everything that was going on with our mental and physical health with our time and our schedule and stuff like we did not want anyone else to tell us what to do right we wanted to make all our decisions on our own like we did not want we didn't want that sort of support. We wanted to stay independent and we have stayed independent this whole time, which has been again, like, yeah, it's been like a blessing and a curse where it's like, you get to do what you want. You get to make your own schedule. Like you get to do your own thing, but like you also don't have that name brand to kind of boost you. Right. And, uh, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I feel like it's I think how we do this now works for us mm-hmm. and uh again like it was really cool that this network asked us to join but it just didn't um it didn't work for us and it still is not really something that maybe works for us so yeah yeah um that happened our first episode the Texas Chainsaw Massacre went it didn't go viral obviously but it got a ton of listeners in like a few days. Mm-hmm. A lot of people listened. I think it was something along the lines of, and this is like really tiny numbers compared to major podcasts, but it was something along the lines of like 500 people listened within like the first three days. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even know 500 people. No, like, what? I know. <laughs> I was like, this is absolutely nuts. Yeah, so we were a little taken aback, especially especially since we were kind of doing this as, like, a hobby and stuff. So we were like, okay, like, that's really wild. Like, people are listening. Very weird. Um, and then, like, we were asked to host the Nightmare on Elm Street Film Festival in Syracuse, that was... which was sort of a miscommunication. Yeah, that was a wild, wild ride. Yes, it was. Uh, We originally just asked for, like, press passes. Like, we wanted to have permission to go and talk to the celebrities that were going to be there and the people that were going to be there and just sort of, like, have, like, little tidbits about what people were doing at the film festival. And it ended up becoming us... Not re- not technically hosting it, but we interviewed the, the director 
of the second Nightmare on Elm Street and Clue Gulliger, who starred in the movie. And it was so bizarre. We really didn't know, like, until, like, maybe a day or two before we showed up that that's what we were going to do. Yeah. And we were like, we just wanted to talk to the people that were there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of back and forth with that. And then didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything. And then the weekend of, or, like, the week before the weekend we were told, like, hey, this is what you're going to be doing. And we were like, holy shit, okay. <laughs> I mean, we didn't say no. We did it. We went there. We put our makeup on. We did our hair. We wore our Good Morning Nancy shirts like the nerds that we are. Yeah. And we we did it. I'm I'm very proud of us that we did that, that event. Um, and it was tough because we were treated a little differently. I don't, you know, it was a little like, who are these people? What are they doing here? Like, what's going on? But what made it really nice was that we met, like, about four or five people there who knew who we were from the show. Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, my God, it's Good Morning, Nancy. And we had been doing the show. (sighs) Wow. I think it was less. Yeah, less than a year, for sure. It was it was less than half a year we had been doing the show and people there were like, hey, we know you. And it was like, you do. And so that was kind of fun to like, it wasn't a lot of people. It was enough people to like know who we who we were already, which was kind of neat. And then we actually got like a bunch of listeners after we did that show. So it was sort of like a good opportunity in that sense where like it was like our coming out <laughs> Yeah, our, our, what's that word when, was that, I guess it is like the coming out ball where these women like show like, I'm ready to date. (laughs) What is it? It's like a debutante ball? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) And that was us. And it was, um, it was a little bizarre, but it was kind of fun. And we did meet some good people while we were there. So that was really nice. Some local people who are, um, in like the film industry in Syracuse, which is getting really big. And that's like super exciting to me because we've had like a couple horror movies that have been shot in our area too. So yeah, well, the night house I think is probably the biggest one right now. My husband was in that movie. Oh my gosh, he was. Yes. I don't know if he's credited, but, um, he was a bartender. (laughs) Oh my like god! In the background. Hilarious! I didn't even know that. I yeah. still haven't seen it. I know. So, we still, but I, he was in it. We still haven't seen it. So <laughs> it's on HBO right now. Nice. Yes. yes. Okay. So maybe good, we good, can good. watch. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. Oh my god, that's hilarious! Yeah, that was filmed in Syracuse, and that was like a huge horror movie that came out. Another thing that was really great was that we had other like YouTube channels and podcasters who wanted us to be on their show. My friend Sarah, who does the show Sarah Talk podcast, which is like LGBTQ critical thinking, like political podcast, um, she had us on, and we that was the first time we had ever been guests on a show, another show. And I used to work with Sarah in Florida. And so it was like, and I hadn't spoken to her since I worked in Florida. And she was like, come on the show with my wife and I, and when we'll talk about your podcast. And that was like a big bump 
in the LGBTQ community before we even really were labeled like with that. I remember that. That was a lot of fun. And it was like very surreal being included on someone else's podcast. I was like, yes, this is it. Like, this is why like we are in, I guess, the business or like in this industry is because I wanted to be talking to individuals like that. And I wanted to be able to expand upon like the little, little bits of information that I already knew. And I think that that's a huge blessing for us is because we get to really see things from different perspectives when we do stuff like that. Um, So in a way, I feel like very privileged to be able to do that kind of thing. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I, I'll always be really appreciative to Sarah for doing that for us because that made us, I think that really did make us feel legit when we were on her show. And then when Emma from Spooky Astronauts had us on her pod, uh, on her YouTube channel. Oh my God. That was yeah. huge. That, I mean, cause I had loved Emma since she started her, her uh, show, like her program on YouTube. And I was just like, she, and this is the story that I have about our, uh, uh, good morning, Nancy, like the name being like really like different. Um, she found us on Twitter and she was like, good morning, Nancy. What is this? And she, I remember her saying like she was pulled in because of the name. She was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm really interested. This is a really neat name. Oh, yeah. And so like that was sort of like how she found us. And and when she asked us to be on her show, I wanted to melt. I was so excited. Like Emma, Emma has grown so much. She has a hundred K followers right now. Oh my God. She has grown. Awesome. I mean, it's been incredible how much her show, her show has grown and how like what's going on with everything that she does with her show and stuff. I'm so happy for her and so proud of her. And I'm so honored that we were a part of it, like, the early days for her. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that was, like, a huge deal. Like, when she asked us to do that, I was so honored. And it was, like, so amazing to be doing that. Um, So we were on uh, Emma's show. We were on Gory B Movies show. Like, we did the live stream. And that was a lot of fun. Uh. And then we've been on other podcasts since, you know. I mean, it's been like, I mean, horror queers, uh, spinsters, I spit on your podcast. Like, it's it's been wonderful. And then we've had guests, too. Like, when we had Allison Pierce on our show. Oh, my God. That was amazing. I couldn't believe that she wanted to be on our show, too. I was like, yeah, of course. Come on down. Yes. <laughs> We're going to talk about Blood Diner. Perfect. Oh, my God. And it was so fun. <laughs> That's the thing, too, is, like, these these interviews and these interactions we have with other people are so fun. The community that has sprouted up around the podcast has become so tight-knit and I get to like talk to and interact with people that like I have only known from afar and really admired and that talk with Allison Pierce was so incredible because she is so 
God, she's just so intelligent and cool and nice. And it's like, oh, my God. Well, and she didn't need a script. Yeah. Oh, my son is singing. (laughs) (laughs) But she didn't need a script. I remember I sent her like, this is what we're going to use. And she's like, "Okay." And I was like, and she never added anything to the script. And I was like shaking before the interview. I was like, "Uh," or shaking before the episode. And she just like came up and she was like, this and this and this and this and this and this. And I was like, someday I want to be on your level. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Where I just know things. (laughs) Someday when I take enough B12 and my my children are grown and they can maybe do things for themselves. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. But, you know, we have already talked about like our our hardships, you know, with mental and physical health. Um, when you and I both became moms, that just added to everything. And that was Holy something that was cats. really hard. But I think that was just another reason to keep the show going because it gave us another thing that wasn't like, again, like motherhood, job, you know, it was something else that we could do and something else that we could think about. And it gave us an excuse to take time and see each other and talk to each other. Yes. That was the other thing, too, because it's not just like, like, okay, like to the grind, like we have to do this, you know, because we're obligated to. It's like this gave us like a reason to like talk to a friend as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just need to talk to your friend. <laughs> and that's what we do on this show. Yeah. Seriously. Sometimes you just need to talk about your favorite things and what you're interested in, and how you're feeling, and not what your baby's poop looks like. <laughs> oh, you need to call it's... someone other than the pediatrician <laughs> or your therapist. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Or talk to somebody besides your child or your spouse. Yes. That's the other thing, too, where it's just like sometimes I feel like as a mom, sometimes you can go days and days and days with talking to nobody else but the babies and the hubbies or the wifeys or whoever is your the spouses. Yeah. And that's Seriously. it. It's uh, it's tough. And it's um, it's hard, too, because. I remember when we first started the podcast and we did, um, you know, like the Bechdel test and Nancy's dream team test. And then when I got pregnant and found out I was having a son, I had this like weird mixed emotion like, oh, my God, this is my baby and I love him so much. And then I thought about like, oh, like on the show, we talk about how the female characters in movies and stuff have to talk about something other than a man. Mm-hmm. And I find myself <laughs> in such a challenging place with that right now because I live in a house full of male identifying people. Yeah. And um, my life, like... It doesn't revolve around them, but they are so involved in every single thing that I do. And especially because we're in the middle of a pandemic, 
there's there was nothing else going on for so long that I'm I was sitting here thinking like imagine if my life was a movie and we had to review this movie on our podcast I would not (laughs) pass Nancy's dream team test (laughs) it wouldn't and that I mean I don't have nearly as many uh men living in my house that you do you have one extra (laughs) than I do but it is like it's a, it's pretty wild how we were when we started the show we were very like girl power and then we were surrounded by boys and you know it's um i'm not really okay with this whole idea of man hating no because some of the people that I love the most, in fact, the people I do love the most in my life are boys. Yes. Yes. And uh, I don't think that it's fair (laughs) to say stuff like that, because what does that say to them? Oh, I hate men, Uh, but not you. You're different. You know what I mean? Yes. That is so, it makes no sense to me. And so that's something that has definitely grown with us, is that there this idea of understanding and growing from this this very toxic feminism that we were brought up to believe was this is how it needs to be and this is how it is like mm-hmm. men suck women rule there's no in between yeah and which is like so funny because that is incredibly anti-feminist like it goes against pretty much everything that feminism stands for <laughs> Right, right. At its core, it's just about equality. And so if you are, yeah, basically, it's it's the opposite. Uh, and I was like, you know, what the hell are we doing? And we did eventually, like, forget to add the Bechtel test and Nancy's Dream Team test. And that was a legitimate mistake. Like, we did forget to add that into the script when we made the uh, 28 Days Later script. But nobody, my one friend said, I did notice, but I didn't tell you. But nobody else noticed that I am aware of. And I thought, you know, as important as this stuff is, like I had another friend say, I'm going to miss it. I really like hearing Nancy's Dream Team test and I like hearing the Bechtel test. And I was like, you know, it was like fun and interesting uh, to add that stuff, but it's nothing that you can't kind of Google on your own. Right. And it's also very limited. Like there is so much more to what makes a movie inclusive. And because there is so much more, it's almost like, I think, I don't want to say dishonorable, but maybe disingenuous to have just this little thing in the show to like do a check mark like we did the check mark like we made sure we were inclusive you know and that that does is not sound genuine genuine to me mm-hmm. and I don't want to just be a show that does like the check mark you know I don't I don't want that I want us to be like genuine with our um with with our inclusion and stuff and what we're doing in that sense and that did not feel very inclusive to me 
So it just, like I said, it just felt like disingenuous to just have these little check marks and stuff and like, okay, good. Now that we've established that we are intersectional feminists, (laughs) like, let's continue, you know, and I don't like that. I don't want to come off that way. And I kind of felt like we were and that was not the intention. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's important too, like to point out. Like you were saying, that the show has grown so much and we have grown so much as people and are, um, uh, we are still learning so much about the world and the way that things change and how to be inclusive and how to be better um, allies to people and stuff like that. But you can change and it's okay to do that. Like, I think that especially with um, cancel culture being as pervasive as it is, like, everybody is so scared and nervous about, like, oh, I'm better now, but, like, what if somebody looks up what I've done in the past? It's like, you were a different person back then, and there's a lot to unlearn. Yes. There's a lot to unlearn, and... Uh, there's a lot of times where we need to be silent and listen and it's finding that balance but there's also uh not to be afraid to talk too yeah as well and sometimes you have to make mistakes in order to learn from them and I I do think cancel culture is absolutely garbage um because there are very good people truly at their core who have been canceled and it's it doesn't feel right to me. Um, I think that if you own up to your mistakes and you show active learning, then that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, agree. I feel like the people who don't show that they have learned or that they have they're open to different ideas, um, that's not right. So it's my little tit. That's our little tidbit on that. Yeah. I guess one last thing I want to say is, besides you and I and our friendship growing from this show, the fact that we've met so many other wonderful people, like, um, I want to point out Amber Knapp, who mm. has been a huge part of my life the past two years. They texted me the other day about something, and I was like, I can't believe that we've been friends for two years, and we've never met. that's so wild yes and we've maybe spoken like heard each other's voices like three times we mostly talk through social media or text and it's been huge for me to talk to them and it's been a really great friendship just the past two years and uh amber has sent me gifts like amber is such a good friend and it was just so wonderful to have them on the show while you were on maternity leave and so it was so amber has been like a huge part of my life and then carolyn from velvet hand designs uh has also been like a huge part and like i love talking to carolyn and then there's been tess from the geeky knot and um, we've had uh, um, we've had Travis and we've had Lucy and we've had Maggie. Uh, oh, and Michael. Oh, my God. Michael has been there, especially as a patron for for patron for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, Dorian Lecter. It's just been like 
this really like great core group of people that I've met just through this podcast, like on just through on the internet. And to meet these people has been absolutely wonderful for me. I've, I've, yeah, I know that some of them have said that they feel like that we're their friends. Oh, and so nice. It is so nice. And I guess the next thing I want to do to kind of start closing this episode up is read some of the some of the things that people have sent us. Um, here we go. The Geeky Knot says on Instagram, you absolutely succeeded. And uh, they're saying succeeded because um, I asked on Instagram, like, does this show sound like you're talking with a group of friends? And uh, the Geeky Knot Tess says, you absolutely succeeded. I listen while I'm working on new stuff for my shop, and it feels like I'm hanging out with friends. Aww. And the podcast Ah Real Films says, yes, love this pod so much. Uh, Travis said, absolutely. Michael said, a a thousand percent yes. (laughs) Um, Sinister Garden Scholar says, yes, you did succeed. It's always lovely to spend time listening over coffee to your show. Um, I asked them, like, what are some of your favorite episodes? Ah, Real Film says The Lighthouse stands out as one of my favorite episodes. As soon as I saw the film, I was like, I really hope Good Morning Nancy does an episode on this. I'm sure. (laughs) And sure enough, y'all helped me understand. And it gave me so much to think about. Uh And Michael says, Good Morning Nancy has grown from simply being an entertaining show on a topic I love to being a safe space for me to both deeply and frivolously love the genre while also recognizing and despising the problems inherent in the horror industry. Whether I'm laughing until I cry over an impromptu pun or unpacking my totally unjustifiable and now remedied hatred of Megan Fox, (gasps) Good Morning Nancy always shows up for me and has what I need. No other show makes me feel as valued as a listener, and I love both of you ghouls to death. Stop. (laughs) I know. It's just so nice. (laughs) Except don't stop, because... Oh, my God. Thank you, Michael. That was really sweet. I know. For real. That's the kind of stuff that, like, keeps us going, too, is just knowing, knowing that it makes that much of an impact. So that means the world to us seriously yeah um carolyn from velvet hand design says i think midsummer and jurassic park are some of my favorite episodes i also really love the shirley jackson episode oh it's pronounced igor (laughs) which is amber Amber says, top episodes are Beetlejuice, Misery, Clive Barker, Frankenstein, and Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, nice. And the bride friend zoning the monster, lols. <laughs> <laughs> Evil Dead, Midsummer, and Frankenhooker. It made me want to watch the movie, and it's a favorite now. I love Frankenhooker. Oh my god, so good. Uh, the Hereditary episode sticks out to me because I think that was the first time I was feeling emotional along with the two of you. My favorite coffee break was the full metal one because a lot of that is stuff that's still on my regular rotation. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, Finch Witch says, 
the women of the Adams family is incredible. And it's always my entry point for new listeners. I love how you break down what makes them strong and unique, and it makes it easy for us spooky folks to see why we identified with them so much growing up. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Riker says, uh, I love the Vincent Price and Shirley Jackson episodes, but they are all pretty great. And they also say, literally, the two people I love to listen to the most. Oh, Carolyn also says on Twitter, uh, okay, my guest appearance may not be the best episode, <laughs> but it was an absolutely wonderful experience. So many theories. Um, Caroline came on and did the um, St. Maud episode while Abby was on maternity oh, leave. Oh, okay, yeah. And it was really fun. I... I liked it. We did have audio issues, but it's okay. It was totally fixable. We got it through. We got through it. Um, but we had so we had so many theories about that movie, and we couldn't. Sometimes we were like, I don't even know what to say. My brain just feels like it's gonna explode talking about <laughs> this movie. So Saint Maud's a good movie. Everyone, y'all should check it out. Um, Tess from the Geeky Nut said, "I will forever think." And then he honked his junk when watching Beetlejuice because of y'all. <laughs> because at the time we weren't swearing on, we weren't swearing on the show. Yeah. Uh, because we didn't know what the hell we were doing when we were, we were like, do we swear? Who's listening? Like our parents listening with their kids in the room? Like what's going on? And finally we just said, fuck it. <laughs> but so that was probably, that was before we started swearing. So I said, honked his junk on the Beetlejuice episode. <laughs> <laughs> and Amber said a hundred percent this, the Beetlejuice episode is in my top three. <laughs> Oh my god. It's so nice to like hear these things too because we have recorded so many episodes. I mean, we've been doing this for 5 years that like I forget sometimes a lot of like just the ridiculous hilarious moments that we've had. Yes. So the refresher is really nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think well we made a button at one point for our Rosemary's baby. And I remember that made me laugh so hard when we talked about how he talked about her haircut oh, yeah. and how she had a, like, what do you say about her haircut? Something like your hair, haircut looks terrible. And you said, well, guy, your personality is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and that will always make me laugh. That was so funny. Yes. Ah. Uh. I mean, he is the worst, though. He's truly the worst. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shauna says, every time Kate motherfucking Scully guest stars, I know I'm going to learn something new and laugh my ass off. Yeah, love having Kate on the show. It's so much I know. fun. We love Kate. Kate, my Kate. Um, and then Travis says, two moments that came to mind are, one, the focus on the women in the Adams family. Great episode, which I'm glad that one stands out to people. Um, two, you two on the Horror Queers Clue episode. The energy <laughs> of the episode was so infectious. Oh, good. We had so much fun. Yes, that episode was a ton of fun to guest on. Oh, the best. Oh, um. 
Spectral Jess 07 from Spinsters of Horror Jess uh, says, it has been amazing listening to you both for five years. Jess has been, I think, a listener since the beginning, for sure. Um, so thank you, Jess. That's so oh nice. God. Thank you for sticking with us as we grew. Because <laughs> we always say, like, go back and listen to our old episodes. They're good. And we talk about a lot of cool stuff. But, but they're man, different. Dang yep. it. We have, different. we have grown. <laughs> uh, Lucy says, congratulations on these five years, girls. I think I did start listening around the very first episodes, and it's been incredible to grow alongside Good Morning Nancy. Yours is such a different horror podcast, and one can tell the amount of love, hard work, and dedication that is put in every single one of your episodes into every single one of your episodes. To me, yours is an example of what a perfect podcast looks like. Here's to many more. Oh, I know, Lucy. I remember like first talking to Lucy on uh, Instagram. That's so funny. Oh, Lucy, thank you so much. Oh my God, Lucy, who is like BFFs with Kat Von D. What the heck? Oh, I know, <laughs> Lucy. <laughs> Lucy, huge. you woman about town. <laughs> Um, Maggie, who is Queen X Hag, says every episode is such a treat, and I'm so happy to consider you both friends. Oh, Maggie. I know. CNY magazine, of all places, uh, says happy anniversary. <laughs> we did a little blurb for them. Um, I think a few years ago at this point. Yeah. Uh Wanderlust on a budget sent hearts. Um Kelly from Spinsters of Horror, uh, and I spit on your podcast, sent a bunch of hearts. Um, happy Potiversary, love you ladies, from Valerie. And my cousin Stacy, who has been a patron for forever, says, congrats on five years. I think it's amazing how much of you, how much you have grown. And I think all of the life experiences you've now had only add to the conversations and insights you bring to the podcast. Love mm -hmm. it and love you. Aw, thanks, Stacey. I know. And then last but not least, Kate motherfucking Scully sent us a message and said, it's hard to choose a favorite moment and episode. And being that I've had the pleasure of co-hosting a number of times makes it doubly difficult. Working on Prevenge was so important and personal at the time, being both Gracie and I were heavily pregnant at the time. The lighthouse was hilarious to record and laughing about the seagulls to the point of hysterics was great. <laughs> yes. One of my all-time favorite episodes, though, has to be The Silence of the Lambs. It is a remarkable film, and y'all did an incredible deep dive of the nuances and themes, as well as the profile on Buffalo Bill, which you rarely see. Congrats on five years, ladies. It's been a pleasure listening and hoping for many more to come. Aw, thanks, Kate. Thanks, Kate. Aww. It's been so fun doing this show, y'all. And I'm so glad you all enjoy it, too. Truly. It's, I, I'm holding back tears. <laughs> Which I know is just going to give me a goddamn headache, but. 
seriously, though, I feel like I have to go bake a cake and uh, pop a bottle of champagne in celebration because it has been hard work, but it has been such a beautiful experience. And I'm so grateful, Gracie, that you asked me to be a part of this show and have given me not just this amazing hobby where I get to research and learn all about horror, which is something that I love so much, but it has really given me a sense of purpose in some really hard times in my life. So thank you. I love you so much, Abby. I love you too. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all for sending me those messages. It was very, very sweet. Obviously, it made me cry. <laughs> it was great. Um, so that was really wonderful. Thank you for sending all of that. Um, we don't thank our patrons enough. Um, in fact, I feel like uh, a, a big guilt that I have is that our patrons have really fallen on the wayside. Um, and have really been giving financially um, for a long time. We have some here that have been giving since we started the the Patreon that are on this list I'm about to read. Um, these are our current patrons. Um, and uh, that is something that I've always felt like, especially in the last few years, especially when uh, the po- uh, the pandemic started and, you know, our mental and physical health got worse because it was harder and harder to keep up with stuff. And then we had kids and it's been really difficult. Um, and also uh, Abby has and I don't live in the same city anymore. We live in different cities, so we can't really do like movie like reviews together. Uh, our schedules it's hard enough to get our schedules to get together once a month, as sad as that is, but yeah. we are both very busy. Um, so I do feel bad, and that is something that I hope that we can work on and make sure our patrons get the love and attention that they deserve. Um, but today I just want to read off our current patrons. Um, this is just from, like, most current to... Uh, the ones who have been here the longest. Um, we have Susanna Scholes, Kathleen Bowman, Kaylee Moeller, Tammy Collins, Alice Ravencroft, Becky Ramon, Amber, Kate Scully, Ivan Torres, Vanessa Lotlin, Dorian Lecter, Felicia Sloan, Felicia, oh my gosh, Felicia's been here forever, um, Michael, uh, Eric, Riley, Jillian, Lucy, Paul, Keenan. Keenan's been here forever too. I don't even know if Keenan still listens, but he gives every every month, which is so sweet. Um, Shauna, Stacy, and Julie Jansen. Um, Julie is actually my husband's aunt, and she just wrote a book, and she also started a Patreon, and um. I'll link her Patreon in the show notes. Um, But she was the, in this list, she is the oldest patron that we have. So thank you, everybody that I just listed. Thank you, everyone, for giving to the show and being there. Like, 
Uh, your patronage helps us buy the articles that we read on the show, helps us buy the books that we use for reference. Like, whenever I post pictures of books, like, on our Instagram for our research, like, it, that comes from all of you, your patronage. So thank you, thank you so much for that. Um, you really do help improve the show. You have helped improve the show. Uh, so to patrons who helped us in the beginning, who are no longer, um, giving now, like, I thank you as well. Like, obviously, like, nobody expects somebody to, to give so much every month for forever. You know, we all have budgets and stuff, and I totally understand that. Um, so everyone who gave then, everyone who gave in the middle, and everyone who still gives today or is new, thank you so much. It really does help a lot. Truly. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. This was great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you all for listening to this month's Good Morning Nancy. Uh, this was sort of like a wild card decaffeinated episode. <laughs> um, it was not something that we normally do. So if you are new, uh, please check out our other episodes. Um, next month, we are doing two, two movies. Mm-hmm. And it is a topic, well, it's a genre of horror, I guess, that you and I are both not at all familiar with. Not at all. <laughs> no. And I thought, oh, this will be fun. We'll just talk about this. And as I kept researching, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is a lot. <laughs> and then I found another movie we could talk alongside the movie that I had originally planned on. And I was like, oh, my God. So... It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be something very, very new for both of us. Uh, We're not going to be the experts on it, but we're going to have a lot of fun talking about it. And hopefully you'll learn along with us when we talk about this, this genre of horror, I guess. So this different, I guess this franchise, it is technically a franchise. It's a, this franchise of, you know, those, this, these, these horror icons, I guess that we'll talk about. So it's gonna be good it's gonna be good yeah so if you want to become a patron check out patreon.com slash good morning nancy uh if you'd like to just buy merch like you can go to our merch shop uh the link is in our bio uh you can also just help us out for free by going on social media just type in good morning nancy on like instagram and on twitter and you'll be able to find us um but we are just so thankful for all of you thank you for people who've been here since the beginning the people who started in the middle and the people who uh, maybe this is the first episode that they've heard thank you so much for being here and we love you all to death have a good morning bye